Welcome back to the Reach for Wellness podcast brought to you by Community Reach Center, located in Westminster, Colorado. I'm your host, Vanessa Alarcon, a licensed clinical social worker. On today's episode, we'll be focusing on disability awareness, and I'm so delighted to have Beth Gustin here with us. So Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, Beth, you have lots of letters behind your name. You're an LPC or an NTC or EMDR certified. Talk us through what are some of those credentials that you have? I have one more. Oh. I added this week. Oh, really? What are your new letters? CGCS, so Certified Grief Counseling Specialist. Well, look at that. So, back up though. So, LPC is Licensed Professional Counselor. NCC is Nationally Certified Counselor. EMDR certified is eye movement desensitization reprocessing certified. Um, and then the CGCS is the certified grief counseling specialist. Wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Well, Beth, that's great that you're, you're just outshining all this, all the clinical world. <laughs> um, so in addition to all that, Beth, um, you're an advocate and an educator on disability awareness. So what led you to focus on this topic? I think being born blind, I sort of had you're going to be in the world whether you want to be in that world, um, just because mm. I don't have the exact statistics in my head, but there are a small percentage of people worldwide who are totally blind. Mm. Um, mostly we think about partially sighted, legally blind, visually impaired. Um, and so I've been blind from birth, and so I think being, being that, it sort of forced me into this role of educator slash advocate. Advocate. English is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this advocate. Um, so with this lived experience that you have, I'm curious, like, what your experience has been um, as a blind individual. You know, have you had moments where you have been impacted by people's lack of disability awareness? Yes, it happens a lot more than I think we'd like to think, being mm -hmm. as it's 2021. Um, and I apologize. He's whining. Oh. <laughs> and I, I have a, a guide dog with me. Those of you obviously you can't see. It's a podcast. Um, so I have Manolo, my, my black lab guide dog with me. And I don't know if he can sense something or what's going on here, but mm. he's a little whiny. So please ignore the background. <laughs> um, yes, there's been a lot of instances, instances where uh, I have been impacted by it. One that stands out uh, is the restaurant industry, depending mm. on, I mean, this doesn't, it's happened about three times. Um, like in the past 20 years mm -hmm. um, since I've received guide dogs. And so oftentimes people are not aware that the, uh, the guide dog is allowed in the restaurant with me. Mm -hmm. And so they will try to tell me that I can come in, but the dog cannot and things like that. I see. So like backing it up a bit. So like the American Disabilities Act, you know, um, has it so that Manolo or a service dog um, must be able to accompany you. And it sounds like you've had experiences where the restaurant industry has actually said, no, like we're not letting you have your service dog. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I imagine that's tough because, you know, especially it's like going out to eat, getting to do things and then to confront those situations where they're violating the law. It's interesting. Um the most recent experience, which luckily has been a little over 10 years ago, um, but the most recent experience around that has been they were going to call the police if I didn't leave. Oh, my goodness. And in hindsight, I wish I would have said, go ahead. I'm mm. not leaving. But at that point, I was just like, I don't want to fight this fight in this way. Mm. And so I, I left. But yeah, I got a little heated. Man, I'm so sorry to hear that, Beth. Um, so what 
can people do to increase their disability awareness? And maybe we need to really just talk about like what is disability awareness? Agreed, which is a huge topic because if you think about disability awareness, it's not just the visible disabilities, it's those who have invisible disabilities as well. Mm. And I think they, the people with individual, individual, invisible disabilities, I think more advocacy work needs to be done even around that population, but it's important because we all navigate the world differently, we all perceive the world differently, but if we don't have a lens to be more aware of who's around us and be willing to learn about how each of us kind of moves through the world, Hmm. I think we need to increase that awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if we could increase that awareness and then, you know, none of us are going to get this right a hundred percent of the time. I don't get it right all the time. Mm-hmm. I've made huge blunders um, too. And I can recount a story if you'd like me to. Yeah, but, go for it. Um, I had a client who I did not know um, utilized a wheelchair for mobility. And so I went to the waiting room to get the client and learned this. And so I basically had the client wait in the hall as I was madly rearranging furniture maps to make room for, for the client. Mm. And, and that felt really horrible because mm. in that moment, what I would have liked, I guess, is, and I don't want to shift responsibility here, but, you know, could mm. front desk notify me mm. because I didn't see that in mm. that instance, you know, or I, I don't know how to communicate. You know, looking back, I don't know how to handle that differently if it was just me and the client. I mean, mm. It's not the client's job to say, hey, I'm using a wheelchair, you know, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it is on us with a disability to advocate and help make other people aware of what our needs are and, and how they can best be met. But I think it's also on, I feel like it was on me in some respects to have handled that differently as well, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it is just being aware and being willing to learn, being willing to get messy and to open-minded and to ask questions if you don't know ask Mm. that's the biggest takeaway nothing else is just be comfortable enough to ask how you can help someone what someone might need you know things like that yeah so and getting more detailed into that because I think someone might listen to this and say well I think I I have a good disability awareness like for maybe if I see someone that's struggling like I would be respectful I would ask but what are ways that we can be even more intentional you mentioned some of that identifying needs part what can we do I think when someone actually answers you, listen. Mm-hmm. So I keep going back to the restaurant industry. I'm sorry for that because um, it's, it's, I don't want to pick on that industry, but it's where most of my examples um, come from. That or accessibility on websites is a whole other topic because it's been hours on, which we're not going to do. But <laughs> I think the biggest thing is if I, you know, for example, I'll ask for a Braille menu. I don't so much anymore because you can get them online if they're accessible, mm. which we're not going to go there. Um, right, right, yeah, not but, going there. <laughs> but um, they'll be like, a what? A Braille menu. Mm. A, a what? What's that? You know, and so, and I understand Braille is not taught as much anymore, even to the individuals who could benefit from it. So it's mm. not as common. Um, but when I explain, you know, a, a Braille menu uh, is something that uh, somebody with, with vision loss might use to read. It, it's got a lot of dots on it. It raised bumps. I mean, I try to get really, not not demeaning, but just more basic. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, we don't have that. And then they get really uncomfortable because, like, oh, my gosh, how is she going to read the menu? Mm-hmm. And so I'll make a joke like, well, you know, so-and-so with me, I'm pretty sure they can read. 
So I think we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but if it's just me, myself, and I, then I might say, you know, could you read the, the headings to me and then I'll, I'll pick a category and then, you know, but I have to kind of educate, which is totally fine. I'm okay with that. But I think what can all of you do, it's, it's have these conversations just like we're having now, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I think about a lot of the uh, conversations around race that are going on right now. And mm-hmm. it is, it's that dialogue of just get to know people who, who you might perceive as different than you for whatever the reason, mm-hmm. race, LGBTQ, disability, gender, have those conversations. They, yeah, they're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but we can't make anything comfortable if we don't get uncomfortable first. Mm-hmm. You've really pointed something about that we actually were talking about as we were walking to record this episode that having these conversations from like, as a like, and I'm speaking as a person of color, like that, those marginalized voices or the otherness, or, you know, it's actually, I, I don't know if people really understand how difficult these conversations feel like from the other end, like having to name some things, um, when people aren't aware of the emotional impact, um, that this has. And so I really appreciate your vulnerability and sharing some of that about like, you know, it is kind of like, it is awkward or whatever word you want to make sure to have Beth, but like those experiences where you are having to explain for yourself and get detailed and people are responding with like, huh, what? Like that doesn't feel so good. It doesn't. And, and yet I would have a similar reaction if it was a different conversation because I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't understand what I haven't been exposed to. Right. I think we all can say that. And so I think that's where I go back to just be open and be curious and be interested and, and take the time and slow down and get to know people. Yeah. Put the darn phone down for five minutes and have a real conversation. <laughs> there we go. So, Beth, you've mentioned like, you know, getting to hear different perspectives, getting to know people. Um, if someone out there is like, well, okay. I, I'm in. Like, I want to hear from, you know, voices in this community or just learn more. Where would you guide them? That depends on which community you are wanting to learn more about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can speak from the blindness perspective, and there are uh, a lot of good sites out there, depending on what you're looking for. So, for example, the American Foundation for the Blind, or AFB.org, is a good place to start. They have a lot of articles on different types of eye conditions, because mm. in the visually impaired world, in the blind world, you can see nothing. You can see you know, anything in between having 20-20 vision and all the way down to what I have, or mm. actually below what I have, because I have some light perception, but mm-hmm. total darkness, and everything in between. And there's multiple eye conditions that can cause that. So you can learn about those, and then they also have articles around just learning about blindness and vision loss and articles actually for people who are blind and visually impaired, how to do different things, but those could be helpful for people who are sighted to read as well. Um, There's other sites. There's the American Council of the Blind. There's National Federation for the Blind. Um, Again, they are geared more towards individuals who are blind, but it's good information if you don't know a lot about blindness. And just Google. Google brings up a lot of good information. Mm -hmm. But again, it does depend on which community you are looking to learn more about, and we all can't learn them all. That's not humanly possible. Mm-hmm. But I think the more informed we can be and the more willingness, like I said earlier, to, to get involved and to start a conversation. Most people, in my opinion, want others to know. When it comes to being more aware of who is around you, I think it first has to start with being aware of what's inside you. So hmm. 
we are often we often have these beliefs about other people, other cultures, other you know, other anything that we were born not not born with. But we we received as children from our parents, our grandparents, society, media, and so I think we have to look at these unconscious biases, if you will, or mm-hmm. you know beliefs that we aren't even aware where they came from or why we hold them, but we have them. We have to look at those first, mm-hmm. I think, and do some of that inner work first. And part of working through those is then becoming more aware of who's around you and working to to shift those beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. I'm even just remembering the uh, training you gave uh, for Community Reach Center, and we spent a good amount of time talking about unconscious bias. And I remember realizing, wow, like I didn't realize how much unconscious bias I had about certain topics that we were bringing up. So absolutely agree. We all we all do. Yeah. We all do. Thank you, Beth, so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. If you have found this episode at all helpful or interesting, or you think you know someone that may benefit from hearing more about this topic, I'd really encourage you to share this episode with those people, share it on social media with your friends or family. If you would like to stay connected with Community Reach Center for future episodes, for more things or inspirational words about mental health and wellness overall, feel free to connect with us on our social media. So our website is www.communityreachcenter.org and you can find all the links there. Talk to you next time.